0: Matthew! Matthew! Are you here? Thomas! Oh! There you are! I'm a bit parched! All of this social distancing! I tracked you all the way to this desert island. Uh, is it because you've got coronavirus? Is that why you're camped out here in this uh, makeshift uh, Tom Matt Attack shack?
1: No, my friend.
0: There's new horizons
1: to be explored.
0: Oh, really? I thought we might want to leave our houses.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Guess we should just do a podcast. Luckily,
0: this island is deserted, so we'll be fine. <laughs> Let's quarantine ourselves together.
1: Let's do that, Tom Parry. It's Tom and at Attack. Matthew? Yes. Back from the abyss, Tom Parry. It's almost as if it took a worldwide pandemic to bring us together again. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: one way of looking at it. If we can get some sort of positivity out of uh, this situation then uh, well, why not?
1: Exactly. I mean like this coronavirus thing is essentially the the equivalent of you standing outside my bedroom window with a boombox above your head playing Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel and me looking out and being like... <gasps> So devilishly handsome. Yes, I'll do a podcast with you. Oh, thank
0: you. I'll take all these uh, compliments, Matthew. You should. Have you missed me?
1: I have, yeah. (laughs) Um, I also also really want to watch Say Anything now. Yeah, no, I've missed you, Tom Parry. I mean.
0: Yeah, no, the same here. The, The feeling is mutual, Matthew. I'm glad we're back doing this. And of course, there's plenty to talk about. Uh, we won't pro- cover everything that happened within the last, I don't know how many <laughs> months it's been Ooh, since we've podcasted.
1: I was going to say, like, I can't even think of the amount of. Like, I haven't even purchased that many games in that time. Mm, there yet. have
0: been some major gaming uh, releases and news. Yes. It. they have. Uh, well,. Well, the, the biggest release just slightly, I think. Well, the internet seems to think it's Animal Crossing, so I maybe would Doom Eternal as well. Uh, I, I,
1: I have not played Doom Eternal, and to be honest with you, I'm kind of reluctant to because everyone I've heard says it's not as good as Doom 2016, which is a bit of a shame. I've
0: heard the opposite. I've heard, I've read stuff on Twitter. It's like it does everything better than the last two. It improves on it in every imaginable way. Interesting. So again, conflicting opinions uh.
1: I hear it's become a bit too Duke Nukem with its humour, is the biggest complaint I've heard. Is that they don't really get... I'm alright with that. I'm not. I, I don't really like the humour of Duke Nukem. Well, as Nukem. long
0: as it's not quite on the, the last Duke Nukem games level. Which was that? What was that called again? I've
1: Duke forgotten. Nukem Forever.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Forever Forgotten. Forever um... is a
1: long time, Tom. <laughs> But, um,
0: yeah, in, in this period of time, is there anything particularly you've been, been playing?
1: Gosh, I've played a lot of things. Um, Despite right. not
0: buying anything, you've been going back to some, uh, some older things. I
1: have, yeah. I mean, I've been... So, first off, I I have been in the house now for just over four weeks. Because, unfortunately, before the coronavirus, oh, yeah. I had a sinus infection, which is, like, the worst time in the world to get a sinus infection It was around the time that things were just kicking off in Italy, and doctors' surgeries were starting to go, hey, maybe if you've been to Italy or China, don't come into the doctor's surgery. And I was like, well, I haven't been to either of those countries. However, I have a sinus infection. Can I please come in? So I did. And then I was housebound again for two weeks. And essentially in that time, I had thumping headaches and stuff. I couldn't really do a lot. But towards the end of it, I thought, well, you know what? Actually, I will... Chill out. I'll go and play a game I've wanted to play in a long time, especially because it was only like three quid or something. I had enough of my Nintendo points to cover it, and that was Dragon Quest, the original. Um
0: uh, yes, yeah. I saw that on the store.
1: Yeah, they did a they did a like a remake of it for iOS a couple of years ago that's a bit more user friendly than the old Famicom version. For those of you who've played the Famicom version, it's a bit tough. Much like a the original Final Fantasy or something like uh, Breath of Fire, there's not really a lot of hand-holding. The story's kind of given to you in exposition dumps at the start, and then you kind of have to figure out where you need to go on your own. So much so that when it came out in the States originally as Dragon Warrior, uh, the Nintendo Power dedicated a whole section to like, hey, this is how you play this game because it's a bit obscure. Which meant, to be honest with you, that even in this version of it, this new fangled one with nicer graphics and stuff, meant I still needed to use a guide because sometimes I just had no idea where to go. Um, it's a bit grindy. There are aspects of it where you, this guide is like, hey, I would recommend being like level 19 so you don't immediately die as soon as you walk in this place. It's one of those RPGs. But to be honest with you, at its core, it's like, oh wow, I can I can see why people would have really liked this game at the time. If it is Well, you have to put yourself
0: back in the shoes of someone yeah. who'd not played so much like that. Of course, since Dragon Quest has been so many. There have been one like, or two JRPGs,
1: JRPGs. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> No, but I mean it, it is the granddaddy of JRPGs. It was inspired by some developers essentially going to a conference and seeing wizardry on the Apple II, and then going, Wow, that's really cool. Maybe we should make a game like that inspired by Japanese folklore and stuff. And then
0: let's hire Akira Toriyama to do some illustrations,
1: exactly. And a really, really famous Japanese composer who wrote into Enix to say, like, he liked the music on one of their games. And they were like, Are you this dude? And he was like, Yes, I am. And then they hired him to do a Dragon Quest music for all of the rest of his life.
0: Well, it sounds like a strong formula.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the guy... Oh, gosh, I can't remember. The guy from Enix is also quite renowned as well. He made a lot of very early, like, Famicom and MSX games that are held in high regard.
0: Yeah, well, these are the trailblazers, aren't they, of gaming? I suppose, yeah, if we go way sure. back when.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, they they did some incredible things, like... The inspired a whole genre, for God's sake, so I must, they must have done something right. Oh.
0: So how does it hold up, though, nowadays, playing that, in light of having played a lot of other RPGs?
1: Well, to be honest with you, Tom Parry, I think you of all people would appreciate this JRPG. Uh, because no, there's I n-
0: find that hard to believe.
1: There's not a lot of text. Good. So you, you're you not good. skipping through cutscenes, so there's not a lot of story for you to like glance over. Um, that can be good or bad. If it's good story, I don't mind. Yeah, but, it's uh, mainly yeah. combat. And then okay. I think that there's enough there in this very short package. I think you can beat it in about eight hours. There's someone like you, who is a, a generally against JRPGs, especially when they last like 150 hours, like Persona 5. Yeah. could I
0: still haven't completed Dead or Alive 6's story mode, and that's meant to be like three hours yeah, so many low times. I think it doubles <laughs> to maybe six.
1: I was gonna say I beat that story mode, mate, in like an afternoon. <laughs> Dead Drive Six. Yeah, it's not very long. It's not very really good either, but you it's not very really long.
0: Uh yeah, but don't you think those load times are like crippling. It's, oh yeah, they're like, terrible. You, you, you have time to look at your phone and check your emails in between every uh load screen.
1: I literally I think I got up and made a cup of tea. I put the kettle on <laughs> in between one of them once. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. sorry, I'm getting off the point. Yeah, no, it's I, an I,
0: eight hour long RPG, yeah?
1: It's an eight hour long RPG. It's pretty self contained. Um things are pretty self explanatory. To be honest with you, because of its short text content, I do have the Famicom version. And I've picked Japanese back up because, alas, Hmm. self-isolation is self-isolation. You've also been learning Japanese a little bit. And I'm just like, well, maybe I should try having to go at playing this game through in Japanese. Because there's not really that much story.
0: Yeah. I mean... And the level i'm at i could probably make out some of the sounds of the characters but i wouldn't know what they said <laughs> But that's yeah. my level i i imagine you're a bit higher uh,
1: i i don't know i think i think the opening like ramble is is a bit of a would be a bit hard to understand but i think um words like sword we know mm. as as a western gaming audience cuz sword in japanese is literally katana so it, oh, there so are know, yeah yeah okay there yeah, are things yeah. and to be honest with you because it's based on D and D, I imagine that a lot of stuff would be in katakana, so things would sound out like English words anyway. So like I'm imagining, I haven't checked this, but slime is probably slimu, so hmm. th- there's probably a lot of stuff you could easily pick up there. Also, some yeah. of the spell names and stuff in English are like fizz. And I wonder how they do that in Japanese because z isn't really unless
0: they're not direct sort of translations in in the English unless, unless it's like just new fizu totally new or interpretations or something like
1: yeah maybe they might be who knows I know a lot of the characters are re uh, have got different names in English hmm. Japanese so it might well be but yeah. I recommend checking it out. I mean have it's only you
0: enjoyed the enjoying it. Have you sorry, have you finished it or not?
1: Yeah, I I beat it quite easily. Um I was I was going to purchase Dragon Quest two as well, but then I was like, Well, actually I already own Dragon Quest one through three on the Game Boy. Uh, so maybe I should just do a biographic. So I might actually look into doing that. I know I I've been thinking about doing it for like a week or so now, and I haven't. It's just very hard to start up new things at the moment to be motivated Mm. by it with the cabin fever I currently experience. Yeah, it's weird that you'd think all all this
0: time, you know, I'll be able to do stuff. I've been incredibly tired these last few days. Yeah, Um, yeah, and I know uh, you've also been feeling a little bit like that. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's just it gets to a point, right? Where as I've said, I've almost been home for a month now. Yeah. And I'm very much losing track of what day it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, there is a clear difference between the week and the weekend, obviously, because I'm working from home during the week. But I still yeah. wake up during the week without really any idea of what day it is. Yeah. So, I mean, thank God for calendars, is all I could say.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's a weird situation. One one that you'd hope would you'd be able to be more productive within, but, yeah, it doesn't always uh, work
1: out like that. No, I mean, I think... I have been doing some little things. I've been messing around with, like, a typeface and stuff and looking at Yeah, some... I've been
0: doing bits and pieces, but I've not, like, embarked on a, on any sort of big projects. I've been copying a VHSs to DVD or making short little videos. or I mean, the usual stuff, yeah, um, yeah. really. Bits and pieces here and there.
1: I mean, I've been doing my Japanese, so I guess that's probably the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's the same. Yeah, I've been doing, like I said, also dabbling with some design stuff. But I think, like... Major, because to be honest with you, after working at a computer and like, oh god, I need to. Be oh, that's it. I at need home. to get away from
0: that computer. You know, you need to go into the room. You see, um, as well, because even though I'm using a laptop, still the setup's here at the desk with the two with the other monitor and everything. Yeah. So, um, and the kind of work I do, I want to use a mouse on the monitor, another monitor. So, um, any excuse to get away from the computer. Yeah. So <laughs> It's great.
1: Yeah. Have you been doing any Pokemon Go walks? In that time? Uh, that I'm afraid not. Messages? No, I haven't really thought
0: about Pokemon Go. My, my walks have been relatively uh, brief and uh, usually involve a little bit of jogging. So, you know, I've just... Uh...
1: You can you can run and play Pokemon Go. That's how I used to do it. Like, when I used to go out for, like, 5K or 10K runs, I would take Pokemon Go with me and have a yeah. dabble. I'd have a portable charger in my pocket and a cable. Like, I have my Pokemon uh, I, I
0: I do, have, like, three-minute runs. So, yeah, maybe I'll be all right.
1: I mean, well, you should start... <laughs> Gosh, Tom, Tom and Matt talk fitness. Uh, what you should start doing is interval running. So like uh, run for a minute. Uh, there are apps out there like Endomondo where you can do interval running. So like you run for a minute and then you walk for two and then you run for a minute and then you walk for two. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, no. I know we've done that done that a bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I probably do that. But um, space is sort of like if, every time you go out, it's like, oh, I've got to keep a little bit away from people. So yeah. it's, it's never quite as easy as you uh, hope it will be.
1: How is that dynamic in the U.K.? because here in Denmark, like uh, as you can attest to, Tom Parry, sometimes Danish people, when you're walking, uh, there's not as much acknowledgement as I feel in the UK, whereas when you're no. out for a walk generally in the UK, you will say hello to people if you're on a yes, country path yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I get it sometimes from runners yeah. here, but like people who are generally out for a walk just want to be on their own and in their own world.
0: Well, I'm living in a very interesting area because I'm living within uh, what's called Brentford Dock, where there's loads of flats and such, you know, it's sort of cut off from the rest of everything. So it's like a, a, in a little bubble. And of course, uh, being re- relatively small space, there's a lot of people within that sort of small space. Uh, so it is a bit difficult. Um, but yes, I usually say hello to people and they usually uh, acknowledge me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but with being so far far, away, far yeah. as well. It yeah, a... yeah, it, it, it's not an odd situation, but uh, I I now, did... we're making the best of it. I had
1: one instance yesterday where I was walking up over a hill and could see a woman at the bottom of the hill who was out for a jog, and I was like, well, I will just step to the side onto the grass and let the woman run. But I didn't need to mm. in the end because she literally ran over the other side of a road around me in a large semicircle. Okay. So I like, okay. Yeah, I
0: don't think people are quite as good at it here um because yeah. <laughs> actually and again the spaces i'm kind of walking or running in are very tight you know it's actually not that much room to go out of the way of somebody so. yeah
1: yeah find a park or Thanks something tom parry
0: uh yeah i don't i'd have to go away to get quite a way to get up uh, to a park. okay that that that's that's a problem so um i don't i don't leave brentford dock
1: Okay, fair <laughs> enough. So, you, uh, yeah, you've been socially distancing yourself at home. What have you been playing at the moment?
0: Oh me, um, okay. So I did previously mention Dead or Alive Six, yeah. So that's an easy game for me to pick up and play. Uh, and Gran Turismo Sport as well. I've been enjoying again, pick up and play type of game. You'd think again, like in this sort of time, that I'd get into stuck in something more, um, a longer game or a, sort of like an adventure based yeah. game. Um, but nope, I've just been uh, sticking to these these things. Uh, what else? Of uh, Panzer Dragoon, I can talk about that. Oh man, I still nice
1: haven't bought that.
0: Yeah, because the the, the remake's out now. Yeah, so, it came out uh, Friday, right? Yeah, uh, that game has a very unique uh, art style to begin with, which sets it apart from from most things. And of course, that's incredibly appealing. It has a wonderful soundtrack. Yeah, it has solid gameplay. It's kind of got you know, it's a good little package, really. Um, and visually, yes, it's got a, a nice upgrade in this version. I think what stands out, though, is perhaps um, it may look like a modern game, but it, but it doesn't sort of animate like a no. modern game. If if you know what I mean, there's not as many sort of frames of animation. Things don't look as smooth uh, or move as smoothly as you might expect. So it, the, the two things are a little bit at odds with each other. Okay. Um, I don't think that's detrimental, you know. It's just odd to see the game running as it normally runs, but with (laughs) really um, high-quality graphics.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh,
0: Yeah, and one thing I did when I first started it was I was like, oh, this isn't inverted, so I switched it to inverted. And then I was like, actually, you know, because I'm used to playing games invert, especially something where you're flying. Yeah. But then again, Panzer Dragoon isn't so much about moving your dragon as it is about moving your targeting reticle yes. over the enemies. So I still can't work out how it was originally on the Saturn. Um. But I've been playing it inverted anyway and sort of just got used to it. I've just been playing it with a Saturn controller, uh, Bluetooth uh, Saturn controller. An 8 bit duo. Switch.
1: or. Sorry? Is it an 8 bit 2 or which one is it? No, it's the
0: uh, Retrobit, uh, ah, fully okay. licensed one. Um, and I guess that, that's been good because that gives it the proper Saturn experience. But I'd like to try it with maybe some analog sticks and see if they haven't done anything to sort of integrate the analog control and see what Pandragoon's like uh, using an, an analog uh, control yeah. method. Like. Yeah, but the game is just incredibly charming and otherworldly even down to the the alien language that uh, all the, the narration uses to explain what's um, going on yeah and the characters and the uh, yeah it, it's really a bit of a throwback and there isn't anything quite like it now so it's really um, yeah really good to play I would say
1: it's been a while since i've played Panzer Dragoon uh, mm-hmm. the original and I, I haven't played this remake is it quite comparable to Star Fox? I guess, yeah, yeah. There's
0: definitely parallels uh, between Panzer Dragoon and Star Fox. Um,
1: yeah. Okay. That that is they're, all I needed they're, they're to know. They're rather similar. I remember really liking Panzer Dragoon, so I'm like, okay, I'll yeah, I will look into that.
0: Yeah. Um, it's 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 a good game, but it's a tough game. The first couple levels are fine; they're, they're yeah. not really very challenging, and you can get hit a lot of times. But as soon as you get up to the third level, and because of the nature of the game, it, it, you have to play in one long slog. Yeah, you don't can't save after each level. Uh, yeah, it, it gets quite tricky because the third level is pretty difficult, and by the time you get up to the boss, you're usually quite low on energy. So yeah. it's a game you do have to sit and practice and get good at it to uh, get anywhere.
1: I mean, that's just that genre at the time, though, right? I mean, comparatively, like it's essentially a third-person flying game, isn't it? It's a first-person schmap. Yeah, like.
0: isn't Star Fox like that as well? Um, 64, I'm thinking. It, it doesn't save your progress. You no, it doesn't. You just have to play doesn't. through it in Neither, one. neither Go, does damn. the
1: original. Um, I mean... Neither does anything. I mean, like, Axley or Gradius or anything. Like, none of the games from that era have save points. Mm. Not until probably, like, PS2 shmups. Like, R-Type Final yeah, and... does, right, from what I remember. Ah, but...
0: uh, yeah, and sure, nowadays you've got the save state functions if you're playing it on, say, the Nintendo uh yeah, online the, the mini game and service, all this kind of stuff. Oh my gosh! And I, the mini and the yeah, all those. Uh, I, just, like the I mini and the super. thank
1: 10. you for just reminding me. I have access to all of those games now that I have Nintendo Online. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. Yeah, cool. and,
0: and relatively affordable, isn't it? Nintendo Online.
1: So. I mean, yeah, it's thirty. It's like three quid a month, right, or like fifteen quid for the year. Uh, okay?
0: I think I got uh, membership for fifteen with uh, using my Nintendo points. I think it's usually eighteen.
1: Yeah. It's all
0: right. So. Pounds. This is yeah, yeah, better. yeah, yeah. It's it's great to have access, and then they keep adding games to it all the time. So yeah, I, I played a bit of uh, Yoshi's Island not so long ago. Yeah, and was reminded how much I love that game, oh, I and so how good. that is one of the most charming, fun, playable things I've ever I've ever experienced. I
1: yeah, are any yeah. are there any of the Super Nintendo era RPGs on that? Is Earthbound on there? Is...
0: Breath of Fire is, and I think Earthbound is, but I'm not hundred oh, percent. I, I
1: might have to play Earthbound again. Yeah, I don't know why I'm going to find the time to sink fifty hours into Earthbound, but oh,
0: you can uh, drag out your Wii U and play it on there.
1: I could. That's true. <laughs> Gosh, I really wonder, from a, a console conservationist point of view, like when are we going to start seeing game pads dying on Wii U's? Because I mean, they're not really in that heavily in abundance, anyways. Those oh, I haven't
0: even thought about gamepads dying. I hope they they last forever. No, <laughs> probably not, Tom. Because you need them, don't you? You can't play the Wii U without.
1: You literally the game cannot pad. play the Wii U without the gamepad. Yeah. Oh dear! So, yeah. What, what a sad thought. I know. I've put fear in your eyes. I'm sorry. Oh, oh
0: dear me! If anyone out there knows uh, how long yeah. <laughs> gamepads last, post, or if card. your gamepad has given up uh, the the goat as they say, then uh, t- do let us know.
1: Yep. Um, but I- I- I'm led
0: to believe, Matt, you've been playing some other games as oh
1: well. Oh, gosh, I've been playing two games primarily. Um, opposite ends of the spectrum, some might say, in terms of like mm-hmm. the level of commitment and mental energy they require. One of them being uh, the aforementioned Animal Crossing's New Horizons. And uh, the other one being Final Fantasy XIV Online. <laughs> Um, what's better Ooh, (laughs) tough question both scratch different itches um yeah okay animal crossing for those of you don't know is a charming game where essentially you are a person who's on an island and it's inhabited by villagers and essentially it's little small tasks and betterment of that environment so you start off with a a house usually, um, there are animal characters who come to stay in your village and you generally do small tasks for them and look after yeah. things. You've also got a museum that you can add things to, yada, yada, yada. I assume what so The gameplay people...
0: itself is still remains the same sort of thing as it was back in the original Animal Crossing.
1: Yes, there is still a loop. However, this time around in yeah. New Horizons, unlike New Leaf, you are arriving on a desert island with Tom Nook and two other villagers. And essentially the aim of the game is, hey... None of the town that you usually experience in an Animal Crossing game is built yet. Please go and build the town. Please help the villagers set up where their houses should be. And then oh, we'll go from different. there. Yeah. So, so the st-
0: houses are already there for the other villagers. They are what
1: not. No, going. you start in a tent, actually, yourself. And you put down your tent and you put down these tents to these other two villages. And essentially Tom Nook says to you, like, right, okay, well... As he usually does. He's like, well, of course. Like, it's 98,000 bells for you. Ha, 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 And he's like, oh, hmm. what? You haven't got any money? He likes money? putting you in debt. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's a, he's a cruel taskmaster, as Tom Nook. And so, essentially, he goes, oh, well, if you haven't got any money, I can charge you Nook Miles. And this is a no. essentially a what thing fuck? built into the game now. There's like a mini-achievement system. And they kind of provide a little bit of structure for people who haven't played Animal Crossing before. So... There's You earn nook miles for doing things like <laughs> uh, catching a fish or talking to your villagers or donating something to the museum later in the game. But when you start...
0: Okay, so little things you never get any reward for in the original. Yes, exactly. Other than the reward of actually doing that.
1: Business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are things that if you are a veteran Animal Crossing player, you will do anyways. However, yeah, yeah. there are some new mechanics introduced, and this kind of helps you along with those, such as Tom Parry. What mm. was the buzzword for games like three years ago that starts with a C? So it starts with a C? Starts with a C, Tom. Inspired by. Plectathons? No, Tom. Inspired by a no. game that has that same C word in it that was perhaps the biggest game before Fortnite. In fact, you will even find this mechanic in Fortnite crafting yes my boy crafting is in animal crossing and Mm. um it works pretty well it's kind of it's good because it means that you can now build a lot of the furniture to pretty your house and pretty your environment that you would have generally just bought from the shop so it gives you another incentive to play the game and another thing to do because you can go around and go hey you know what actually i really like this simple wood set i'm gonna chop down some trees I'm going to pick some sticks up and I'm going to make all of this furniture for my house and make it look lovely. Mm. Mm. There is item degradation, which is a bit annoying. So, as Like in, Breath of the Wild? Yes. So in previous Animal Crossing I games... Nintendo so love a bit of this you, nowadays. You'd get an axe, you'd get a shovel, and they would last. And they would generally be like... The first shovel would be crap, and then you'd get an upgraded shovel, which would then give you more materials. But like in this, Pokemon. Yes. Good in,
0: rod, ultra rod.
1: Super yeah, rod. Yeah, so. yeah. All of them jazz. In this game, though, they do that, but it also means that they will break more easily. So you have to keep on top of that. It doesn't it doesn't take much to build a shovel or a fishing rod or whatever, but it can be quite annoying because another use for these Nook Miles, which originally you pay off Tom Nook with before you get into the proper game loop, is going to a desert island. Um, you might remember in the previous game you would go over and there would be an island full of coconuts and stuff you could visit once a day with a captain. Now, well, I
0: don't know. I never played that one. Oh, play the original that was enough to make me realize maybe it wasn't my kind. Of fair enough thing.
1: um so in the last game, there was an island you could visit. you'd go over on a boat once a day and spend as much time as you wanted on this island in this game, there is a service called Dodo Airlines, which is not only how you get people into your town to visit but also how yeah. you go to desert islands and essentially, you spend two thousand nook miles to get a ticket, which again, like I said, yeah. you earn these through achievements, yeah, and you can go over to this island. And there will just be... It'll be a random island, and it's proc-generated, so you can literally just do whatever you want to it. Like, you don't have to worry about chopping down all the trees, you don't have to worry about, like, filling in the holes, or all these things that you would do on your own island.
0: But you can reap the spoils of that other island... You can! ...back to your island. Which
1: is a bit messed up. And, like, the Dodo's like, you can't leave anything here because you can't come back to these islands. Oh, yeah. You've mixed a joke about burning the flight plans afterwards for confidentiality. And... Yeah, you can essentially just like completely farm these islands, and it's a quick way for you to get money and for you to get items to build up your own town. A bit Mm -hmm. messed up, perhaps if you think about the real logic of that. It's like, well, no, you can't destroy the trees on your own island because you're destroying nature. But oh, that island's fine. But we don't. Yeah, disposable islands. We try not to think about the disposable islands, Tom. It's fine. Um. But it, it's pretty good. Uh, my wife is playing it as well. I will say, as a second player, this has been noted in various sources as well, you can't progress the story in the same way as you can as a first player, which is a bit frustrating. Okay. Like She can do all the stuff you would generally do in a regular Animal Crossing game, like build up her house yeah. and talk to neighbours and all this kind of stuff, go to the islands, do all these things. But a lot of key story stuff seems to be attached to me, like the able mm. sisters, the hedgehogs who make the clothes have now moved in. But to move them in, I had to talk to her and I had to get the yeah the item to set it down to say, hey, this is where the store's going to be.
0: You can't advance things as the second player. No, you basically.
1: cannot. Which, I mean, yeah. you know, if you're a parent and you're wanting your kids to play it or whatever, or you're a kid and it's your Switch and you've got a little brother or sister who may mess up your island, I kind of understand it from that standpoint. But mm. it just seems a bit weird that you don't have the option. Yeah, the, the fact option. that you
0: can't even have another... Safe file.
1: Yeah, exactly. You are limited to one island per switch. Is that not...
0: In the original Animal Crossing, could, you could have several different ones or not? You could just... Or, well, I
1: mean, like... I can't right. recall. So GameCube Animal Crossing, you could literally GameCube Animal Crossing, the one I, one I know. Of, yeah. You could have a memory card. And as long as that person had a memory card, you could have two tons. You could ah, yes, have because two. it took
0: up, like, all the data on the memory card. It did,
1: which is why the game came with a memory card. Yeah. So
0: if you had multiple ones, yeah, okay. okay. So you could
1: do that um and then i didn't play a lot of the one on the wii so i'm not sure how it worked there but i believe you could have multiple every person let's who let's go an... to the city yes i'm pretty sure everyone on that game could have their own island on their own me if they wanted to and i think well, it wasn't technically an island though then no it wasn't just a, it was a just a a, it's just a village yeah that's true mm. yeah but you could have your own village I think you could do it in New Leaf as well. But it's been such a long time since I've played New Leaf that I'm not sure. So
0: basically, it's one save file per console. Per
1: console, yeah, literally. So you can't. We have two consoles. Theoretically speaking, if we had bought a physical copy of it, we could swap them back and forth between the switches, I think, and then have two islands. Oh, however, okay, okay. However, Tom Parry, I may have bought an Animal Crossing Switch, which came with the download y- Yes,
0: course. oh yes, of course you did. Yes, it's a nice looking thing, that.
1: It is. They're now going for 600 quid online, Tom Parry, so my, my impulse what, purchase... Why, is that hard to get hold of? Uh, there was not a lot of them made. They didn't even come out in Japan because of the coronavirus affecting the amount uh, of them produced. wow, well,
0: so you now have a very exclusive... Item. I do, but I'm
1: never gonna sell it because it's pretty.
0: Yeah, with its unique uh, coloured uh, Joy Cons in what is it? A mint sort of green and a, like an yeah,
1: there's a like,
0: blue, a, look, an like a blue. Look at eggy blue.
1: what? Do you yeah, well, I, I would say I would say an eggshell blue duck. Yeah, a duck, duck egg. Duck blue. egg blue and yeah,
0: mint green. a cool
1: mint green.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. With with the correspond uh, complementing colour image of i i
1: can't talk sorry words tom parry they come harder these time of year when we've all been yeah the,
0: the 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 image on on the dock is of is it tom nook and on a little island it's and, tom uh, it's, the colors uh, yeah mirror the ones on the joy it's the
1: nook family so the dock for the first time other than i believe the labo limited edition which look like cardboard not about the pokemon dock the Pokemon Dock is black with stuff on it, isn't it? Like, this is the first time I think they've changed the colour of the Dock itself. We've got the actual the, the, yes. the, the unit. Uh, so the, the Dock is, like, a nice cream colour now, and then it's got um, the Nook family, Tom, Timmy, and Tommy Nook on an island. And, yeah, it's brown, uh, this duck, sh- duck egg blue and green, symbolising the water and the, the plant life on the island. And then, yeah, yeah, that's matched on the Joy-Cons. And then there's a beautiful, like, subtle, like, gloss on the back of the Switch that's got, yeah. like, line art representations of some of the stuff on the island. So, like, gyroids and houses and villages and things. It's really nice. And that's
0: very subtle, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. You couldn't necessarily
1: pick up on that. if you. I mean, to be honest with you, it's something you're never going to bloody see about. either because no, no, you've no, got no. it in your it hands most of the time, so you don't see it. And then when you don't have it in your hands, it's in the bloody dock. So
0: yeah. So it goes. Overall though, yeah, it looks looks like a, a nice looking variation of the Switch it hardware. Is, it is
1: genuinely the first time ever I have bought a second console during a console's lifespan. I didn't even mm. I didn't even do this for the SP. I didn't even do this for the PS2 Slim. No. And this is the same no, console. well, I, I
0: didn't do anything like that. I never have. I don't think uh, until later on. I got a uh, Pokemon Stadium N64. Much later on. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's not something I do either. I bought. Um, oh,
1: yeah. actually, I tell a lie. I did buy the Xbox 360 when they made the like slimmer black design, but that was because oh, you already had the original. I had the original 360 back in Wales, but it was very temperamental.
0: Yeah. And oh, was... later on, I did get like another version of the Wii. I got the blue one, and I got the. You got the uh, red one Wii as well. Mini. Yeah, yeah.
1: But you yeah. got the Wii Mini after the, way after the Wii U was out. For oh, way after the fact.
0: Yes, because it's sort of curious little. Uh, yeah, I,
1: I've modality. honestly like I've seen Wiis in shops, and gone, oh, I could buy that blue. I could buy this the Mario, uh, Sonic Olympic blue Wii. That would be nice. Mm. I mean, it's not as
0: uh, fully functional as the original Wii, though, of course. No. It doesn't have the uh, GameCube controller ports or memory card slots. Uh, so, it's, it, so I, I think I've got every version of the Wii, every version of Wii hardware. The original one, that one, and the uh, mini one. Yeah.
1: Well, there's the black one also.
0: Oh, yes, but that's still the same yeah, as the original it is, but you know, white Wii, isn't it?
1: Have you got all the yeah. shells, Tom Parry? That's and there's it the red on. one, and yeah. Oh, yeah, God, I forgot about the red one. The Mario one. Yeah. 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 No, I. Again, like, honestly, if it was a handheld, weirdly enough, my brain is wired this way. If it's a handheld, mm. I will buy a console variant. Generally, because they don't take mm. up too much space. If it's a mm-hmm. console, I'm really not that bothered. The only time I've done no. it was with the Pink PS2, purely because I didn't cheap. have a slim and it was cheap and it was a novelty and it's very temperamental. So The
0: more we talk about it, the more I realise how many different console versions I've got. Well, yeah. Because I've got the original PS3 and the slim PS3. Yeah, but I mean, um, again, that
1: was because of necessity though, right? Because you left your 60 gig PS3 in your mum and dad's when you were yeah, the kid. Yeah, well,
0: technically it, was, it wasn't mine. Yeah. Uh, I think my dad had paid for half of it at least. Yeah, so. yeah I got the... Uh, i in another country, you know, it's a big thing to lug over to another country with you, so I just bought one of the Slims. Well, I mean, slim.
1: as we can attest to, from multiple losses in the line of duty, uh, also consoles tend to break when you tend to ship them via airline. <laughs> I lost the Super Nintendo. Can happen. You lost... Didn't you lose something else as well? Like, I know a lot of people... I remember dropping my died.
0: Japanese
1: Slim PS2.
0: Yeah. Uh, at at an airport in security, as it slid out of the uh, bubble wrap uh, uh, packet, it was in. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, a, P- a slim PS2 can survive falling from a uh, security sort of uh, conveyor belt onto the floor at an, air- well, a floor at mean, an airport. Well, I mean, I
1: told you, right? Like, my my PS2 <laughs> survived a drop off, like, a we had a garden table in our shed where we were essentially like, I would lug my old 17-inch Panasonic TV video combi mm. down to our shed, yep. and then we'd hook up my PS2 and we'd watch DVDs. We'd rent, like, a DVD for a quid and take and watch in my shed. And one day when we did that, my dad came in to like see what we were up to, but the cable had to run behind the shed door. So like when he pushed open the door, oh. my PS2 took a nose dive off the table with the DVD in it. Not only did the disc not shatter, but black smoke came out of the back of the PS two and I was like, Oh well that's my PS2 fact. Yeah. Still works to this day. I have no idea how. To...
0: Wow. Consoles I used to be what, built knock like your tanks.
1: Yeah. Sorry? I said consoles used the- to be built like tanks. They did.
0: Not the end gauge though, because I remember dropping that just onto the floor once, you know, and it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I've gone through many a Super Nintendo, to be honest. I think I'm on my fourth SNES at this point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, they, they
0: can be quite hardy beasts, games consoles.
1: They can. Um, so, all
0: in all... Is, is the Switch quite a hardy beast?
1: I, I would say so. I mean, yeah. I, I am quite weary of it at the moment because i haven't put a screen protector on it because i forgot they didn't come no, with screen protectors on my switch, yeah. i did i have on my original and my my screen is still perfect i may get one for this let's see but because at the moment i'm just worried that i'm gonna even though i haven't with my regular switch touch wood i'm afraid i'm gonna drop this or crack or you don't want to or... do
0: that not when it's got that special glossy back
1: no exactly tom barry yeah
0: think okay, of the glossy cool. back. so animal crossing it's a good game and a lovely Animal Crossing switch.
1: If you've liked previous Animal Crossing games, I think you will be happy with this one. Is,
0: here's the question, Matthew: Is there anything there you think might convince me to try it and potentially even enjoy playing it? Well, or is it just so similar to the old one? Do you don't think I'll probably I
1: think, get much out of it. like I said, because of like the built-in achievement system? I think. What was your issue with the previous Animal Crossing? Well, one of my major issues was, and I think this is a
0: lot. A lot of people say the same thing, is um, if you haven't played it for a while, you know, you're sort of punished. <laughs> in terms of your house being overrun by cockroaches and nobody liking you.
1: I don't know if that. So you will have still to play happen. it every
0: day, and I, I don't think I'd have the. Um, what do you call it?
1: You know I mean, you don't need to play it every day. You need to play it every. The couple dedication of days. to
0: play it every day.
1: I mean, like honestly, like we, me and Martha have played it every day. But like no most people do
0: though I yeah. think those who buy it are all in there and they want to play it every day well I mean
1: that's kind of what I did with New Leaf right until I did myself an injury was I was playing it every day for like two months or whatever but then you reach a saturation point I think where you're like okay cool I've got my money's worth out of this game now and then you leave it but you can just keep going because, I mean, like, at a certain point, all you really need to do is log in for, like, half an hour every day, run around, talk to people, and then that's it. Like, that is all you need. Yeah, but
0: what's the point in doing that? Is that fun? Or
1: well, is that just because I have to do it? No, but, I mean, like, they, they stage events and they do other things. Like, there are things to keep you incentivized if you do it. Like, my, mm. my always my goal in Animal Crossing is I want to complete my museum, and once I've completed my museum, I will be happy. Generally speaking, that takes about a year because different fish and different bugs appear at different times during the year. And so I will do that. I will literally go out of my way. Like today, I crafted a load of fish bait because I'm like, right, there's one fish called a string fish, which is only available until the end of March from December. So I'm like, well, I need to catch this fish now. Otherwise, I can't catch it again until next year or the end of this year. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I was like, well. Stuff like that is fun because, you know, you go into the game much like you do any other game with an objective and you're like, right, today I'm going to do this. I think I understand that.
0: that. It's a game that you probably think about when you're not playing it and think about, oh, what I could do next and how I could do it.
1: Or even when you're about to log off, you're like, right, okay, cool. I'm going to sell all the stuff, so my inventory's full. Tomorrow I'll come on. All my fruit will be back because it's on a three-day cycle. I will go and harvest all my fruit and then I'll send it. I'll save some so friends can have cherries and pears in their island and then jobs are good Yeah, I, it's it's a fun little game. It's just a small like task game. It's nothing too strenuous. Animal Crossing has always been built to be just a little bit of a palate cleanser, and that's why I quite like it. I don't think mm. you're gonna fall in love with it if you're like, oh well, I don't wanna, I don't wanna invest time in it every day. I don't think it's for you. But honestly, it's so wholesome that at the moment I'm like, oh, this is really nice. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah,
0: no, I, I think I can appreciate that about certain games. It's sort of the building up. From something small and... uh, Like, for example, I was playing uh, Two Point Hospital the other day on PS4 and I I can understand the appeal of games like that where you you build something from the ground up and... I I mean, Sims. I mean, I really like the original Mm -hmm. Sims and that's, I think, a similar thing to... um, Animal Crossing in a way, isn't it? Because you're building a house, you know, you're trying to get a good job so you can then save up and get the next uh, bigger TV that gives you more entertainment so you can be happier more or, or you know, that's just one example of what you can do. Or, or get in relationships so you can get promoted, you know, making yeah. friends with so many people and so can get promoted in your job. So I understand that type of uh, gameplay. I just thought, you know, because Animal Crossing kind of continues after you've turned it off, time doesn't just stop. Yeah uh that 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 makes it a little frustrating
1: well i mean i think there are a lot of parallels between the sims and animal crossing and like looking at twitter and looking at even my facebook feed i think a lot of people who like the sims have now discovered animal crossing like oh this is great but yeah you are right Mm. like time in the sims stops when you turn it off animal crossing keeps going but to be honest that's also part of its charm is that like Mm. You are a person within this world. you're not like the weird puppeteer like you are in the Sims. That's what I kind of like it. It's no, like that's true. yes, they have very basic a i but essentially these animals have lives and they do stuff, and you can observe them building things or like walking around and having conversations and like
0: yeah, one thing I remember about it, it had some quite witty dialogue yes, it does They're quite uh, unique characters that you meet, yes in Animal crossing.
1: I will say my animals this time around are pretty basic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I have a bunny rabbit who looks like a Mexican wrestler called Bree, who's probably my my most zany villager. Uh, I got a duck called Bill, who's a bit of a bro. Um,
0: a good name for a duck.
1: Yeah, it is. Ugh, Bill's my favourite. Uh, I've got a a little goat called Nan, who's like every every animal crossing character like ends their sentence with something and she says kid because obviously she's a goat and a, a kid is a baby goat oh um,
0: you see, that's the kind of uh clever writing that uh yeah. i expect from animal crossing exactly
1: no but it's good um i i recommend it if you like animal crossing if you've been curious about animal crossing i think this is the first if this is your first animal crossing experience i think there's never been a better time to play yeah. an animal crossing okay. game that's good.
0: New Leaf is. It's a it's a trial of it. Can you sort of try it? I
1: don't think or so. Or not.
0: You have to buy it, don't yeah, you?
1: Yeah, of course. It's Nintendo, man. Who do you think you who do you think you kid him? Be good. sometimes they
0: do demos. I think a demo of Animal Crossing, like uh, maybe the first part of the game, and then you can save this because they've done that before with Pokemon or they've yeah. done it with uh, Drag. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Monster. Hunter, that cute one on 3ds. That cute Monster Hunter Stories. Yeah. Was it? I think th- they allowed you to play the first section of the game, and then if you liked it, yeah, then you, you can could buy it.
1: I think it. the difference here is a: it's the fastest-selling Nintendo game of all time.
0: Yeah, they don't need to. So do they that, don't I need suppose. to,
1: but at the same <laughs> time, also, I don't think it's necessarily a game that lends itself very well because there's not. Yes, there are beats in it. Like you could just say, okay, you have the bit up until you pay off your island, uh, pay off your tent, mm. but you can either do that in like seven days or, like, an hour, depending on how you want to play the game. So it's not... okay. It could just be, like, a light Animal Crossing experience rather than a demo, then, which obviously Nintendo doesn't want to encourage you to play a demo for seven years. They'd have to do the the thing they usually do where they, like, lock you out after a certain time, like that bayonetta yeah. demo they released a couple of years ago.
0: Oh, yeah, 30 days. They did that a lot on the, the Wii U. Yeah. But,
1: yeah, so you could t-
0: potentially borrow the cartridge off a friend, put it in your Switch, and, you know, do your own town. You could, yeah. And then try it.
1: Yeah, you yeah. could. I mean, I like it. It's a good game. I, if you, okay. Like I said, if you're curious, check it out. I, I think it's not for everyone, as you say, but I like it. It's good. Especially at the moment. Well,
0: I'm glad yeah, I, I think a lot of people are finding a lot of joy and escapism within the game at the minute, uh, in the current situation yeah. we're in. Um, yeah, but just go back briefly and talk about uh, the Two Point Hospital if I can for a minute. Yeah, sure. that's like actually really good and I was surprised how well it transitioned to consoles because usually when you get a PC game and you're playing a console version the original theme park on Super Nintendo for instance was very difficult to play. But the original and even more...
1: hospital on the Playstation 1, Tom Parry was alright. Yeah. So...
0: It was all right. Good, good. Um, it was very cryptic, the Super Nintendo uh, theme park. Yeah. It was very difficult. Very unique button combinations to access certain menus because, of course, you didn't have enough buttons on your controller. But uh, this one works great. And it's um, even better than something like The Sims 4, which still feels very much like um, a PC game. Yeah. Uh, 2.0 Hospital feels sort of console- consoleized is that, a, is that a word? Yeah. Um, so everything works very well and I just have to compliment it on its tutorial as well because a game like that which is a strategy game I mean to explain the game to anyone who who isn't familiar with it it's basically Theme Hospital you you, you, uh, build a hospital you hire uh, the staff uh, you build like the wards and the staff rooms and the uh, diagnosis rooms and the pharmacies and yeah it, it builds up from there and how the game introduces all those elements to you is is really it's really smooth and not overwhelming, and it can heat. Keeps hidden all the code inner workings of the game while you're playing through it at the beginning. For example, you can go really in depth where that you can see how your staff are feeling like the Sims, you know, see if they're happy, yeah. uh, you know, see if they're tired and all this. But it doesn't actually tell you about that. It sort of leaves it up to you to sort of you can do that if you want to delve a bit further. And the way it introduces the different menus to you actually encourages that kind of. Uh, thing you just oh well, I wonder what's in there and then, then you learn a bit more of the game and so you can kind of start you can just play it at your own pace Okay. and if you want to get into the finer details well you can choose to do that at a certain time or uh, little messages will come up on the bottom of the screen every now and again and say oh you've probably got too many nurses here you might want to fire one and But you don't like fail straight away, you know. You don't like, you can't like lose loads of money straight away or anything like that.
1: Which you could in the original Uh, theme hospital, from what I remember, right? Like, you could very easily get overwhelmed. I don't know, I've never played it.
0: That's the thing, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yes, so it's my first experience with a, a theme hospital type game. A bit of the humor's there as well, which is makes it even more um approachable as a game it doesn 't take itself too seriously, you know of course, all the illnesses, as I think in the original theme hospital, all the illnesses are quite comical, yes. like light headedness you 've got a light bulb, turtle yeah. head, your head stuck inside your body. Um, there are hundreds of extreme sort of uh, humorous illnesses uh, in the game, uh, which yeah
1: yeah, I remember big headedness was one of the <laughs> the main yes, diseases course, in the original yeah. theme hospital and you had a machine to pop people's heads
0: yeah so you have to buy specific equipment to once a new uh, sort of illness uh, arises you might need to buy a particular sort of equipment yes. to help diagnose that illness or or, or um, heal hopefully the you've, you've
1: not had to buy too many ventilators <laughs> Cause...
0: Ah, yeah. Thankfully, not. There was a pandemic the other day, yeah, uh, and it, I couldn't help think about. It,
1: well, I mean, but... this is the thing. I I haven't played Half-Life: Alex, but like I've heard a lot of people go, like, oh boy, seeing seeing all of the the body armored gas mask troops is not doing great for my anxiety in VR at the moment.
0: Oh no, I can imagine. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'd recommend that actually. I didn't know if it would work on consoles that well, but it's one of those cases where, yeah, it is a good console version. Whereas I say, I do think The Sims 4 is a little bit tricky and it's not been sort of tailored specifically to a console experience. You're still hovering around with a mouse most of the the time. Yeah, Um, Yeah. whereas older Sims games that were developed for consoles actually took a totally different approach and actually changed the core gameplay in a way that maybe made them suit consoles a little bit better. Whereas this is, you know, the PC Yeah.
1: Interestingly enough, I've heard complaints from a few podcasts about how Doom is kind, Doom Eternal is kind of the opposite. That people trying to play it Mm. on PC feel that it was made too much for a console, and so Mm. like, yeah,
0: do you think the audience that play Doom moved away from PC? Or there's there's a hardcore audience of gamers who still prefer to play first-person shooters on PC? Yeah, for sure. But. Yeah.
1: Apparently, there's um when you're on the console, if you use the controller to like siphon through weapons, time slows down around you. And then okay. if you're just changing via the buttons uh. on a PC, that doesn't happen. So you just get killed a lot more because things are moving at you fast. When you're trying to change weapons, there's not that slowdown.
0: Oh, so it helps you a little bit more on the, the console.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I hear that game's really hard, though, which is another reason I'm not that interested in it. Well,
0: the, the original, you know, was quite challenging, I thought.
1: It was, but I hear this is like... The last one, this game, not the original. Yeah, that game kind of assumes that you've just finished playing Doom 2016 right now, and it's like, okay, it's at that in level of insanity oh, yeah. from the get-go, and it only ramps up, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. Other than that, Tom Barry, as I mentioned, I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn. Yes. It's pretty yes. good.
0: this is interesting because you like this, don't you?
1: I do. Um, it's a game that I, <laughs> I played when the PS4 came out because it was a beta test of it. And then I did that weird, hey, buy a PS3 copy and upgrade it to a PS4 because that was one of those. It
0: was the thing at the time, the same with Battlefield, wasn't yep. it?
1: Um, so that happened and I, I played it a little bit. and I was like, oh, well, this isn't that great. Like okay, I get it. I was playing with a few friends. I was like, well, this this doesn't seem that great. So I bounced off it. Then uh, Shadowbringer, the most recent expansion uh, for Final Fantasy XIV, came out last year. Not only does it have a Nier Automata raid, which was like, hmm, Nier raid, interesting. But I've heard multiple people now say it's their favorite Final Fantasy game of all time because the storytelling is that good. I was like i've played mmos before storytelling in mmos generally not that great okay maybe i should give this another look and i did and something that kind of you don't really see in the very early game of final fantasy 14 because you're you're doing much like you are in world of warcraft where you're running around and you're accepting a quest and you go and kill 10 squirrels. And then you give the squirrel hides to a person. And then you get another quest to run over the other end to explore this new area and talk to this person. it's very much that repetitive loop of quests. And I was playing it on a free trial. And I was like, well, this doesn't necessarily seem that fun. There are ways you can skip to Shadowbringers, but they cost money. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll, I'll persevere. I'll play this a little bit and see how it is. But eventually, like around level 15, 16, you start to realise that the game has cutscenes. And you're like, oh, this is, this is a bit weird. This is not really a traditional MMO experience. Mm-hmm. And surprise, surprise for people who've never played Final Fantasy XIV, it is very much a single-player Final Fantasy game with MMO elements, which does beg the question of, hey, why does this game need to be online? But it, essentially, when you're progressing through the story, because yes, there is a story, and you need to beat the story in order to unlock things, you are like doing raids and doing um, dungeons and all the other stuff you would in a regular MMO. But all of them are thematically linked to the story. They aren't just like... In WoW, there are cases where it's like, oh, this person's disappeared, you need to go here. But then you go there and... like. The storytelling is done in a very loose fitting way. In this game it's actually like core to the whole thing and you start to like the characters and factions form in the world in a way that I don't think you could necessarily tell in a regular video game because it's so long and it's Mm. so expansive that like you are you are the warrior of light, like as the player you are the chosen one, surprise, surprise, like in any other Final Fantasy game. There are crystals for you to collect and all that jazz. Oh, Wonderful. But essentially what this is, Tom, is like Final Fantasy XIV Online came out in 2010, if I'm not mistaken. A very long
0: time ago. Ten years ago, yeah?
1: Yeah. So it came out and essentially people didn't like it. Final Fantasy XI had been a massive hit. I played a little bit of that back in the day and people who transitioned from 11 to 14 were like, no, fuck this, and went back to 11. Square Enix realized they had a massive problem. The game wasn't... Essentially, what they'd done was they'd remade Final Fantasy 11 in modern-day graphics and not really done a lot more to it than that. And people had played other MMOs by that point. The world had moved on, and people expected more. So what Square Enix did was say, okay, we realize this is a mistake. We are going to take a year and remake this game from the ground up. And so what they did is A Realm Reborn is Rather than make a new one. Yeah, rather than make a new one. They were like, well, we made all these assets, we made all these characters, we made all these amazing locations and spent, like, years developing them. Uh, And unlike something, like, there was the the MMO from Blizzard that was supposed to follow up uh, World of Warcraft that eventually became Overwatch. They just repurposed those assets. What Square Enix did was, they had an in-game cataclysm. So, like, this massive battle and Bahamut came out of the moon and like destroyed the world and people got to see that. And then a year later they released A Realm Reborn to free for those players who'd already started playing the game. Or you could just jump on then. It's a fitting title. Yeah, and essentially the the starting cutscene of the game is them like telling you what happened in patch one point zero and how the world ended. Which I think mm. is pretty cool. And then yeah, you go on your merry own way. So you, you, you there are characters, like they've done that and they looked at what was wrong with Final Fantasy fourteen when it launched and said, Okay, actually we need to get people back on board you, we need to address this, we need to make this a really cool game And the way they did that, Tom Parry, was essentially going, like, right then, what do people like about every other Final Fantasy game we've ever made? Let's throw some of that in you and it, it doesn't even really stop with Final Fantasy games because, I mean, obviously they've taken all the classes. There are characters that look very much like the enemies, the bad guys look like mm. the Imperial soldiers from Final Fantasy XII. They yeah. have Magitek armor from Final Fantasy VI. Yeah. And... Greatest
0: hits package. Why not do it? There's perfect opportunity, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. To just load it full of those I- icons. I mean, to series. be
1: fair, Sega did it with yeah. PSO back in the day. I mean, who yeah. didn't want a, a Dreamcast mag? But they, they took it to the next level because then they were like, okay, well, cool. We'll make these bad guys look like the bad guys from Kingdom Hearts because people like Kingdom Hearts. And they kind of like... Plucked little bits of different Final Fantasy games and mashed them into this thing that is not only feels incredibly nostalgic in a weird way, but also makes it a better story because they get to like take the good bits of every Final Fantasy game they've yeah. ever made and like interweave them into a really cool narrative. And so I played through a Ram Reborn. For those of you who are curious, at the moment it's forty percent off. So you can you can play a, a month's free trial, but you can buy the game 40% off. I would say maybe wait a month or two before you start playing because they're going to streamline the Realm Reborn because there's a lot of quests okay. in there that are just very, very tedious. They are like... There's a guy who's like, I'm a master of hiding, and you have to find him seven times in a forest, and it's like this doesn't progress the story in any meaningful
0: way. Sounds like something you might do to start of a Zelda game. Yeah, exactly,
1: but it's like... <laughs> (laughs) by that point you're already like 20 hours into the game and like okay yeah i get it you're a master of hiding just do this twice i'll find you and prove you wrong so what they're what they're planning on doing because they want people to get to heaven's Ward. obviously like i said this game is like eight years old now i think since they released 2.0 and they want you to get to the new content they are going to streamline that so they're going to take out a lot of the busy work from the original game keep all of the cool stuff all of like there's fights against things called primals which are this game summons so like fights against ifrit and shiva and ramu and all of like mm. the big final Always fantasy 7s impressive. and they're very cool fights and so they're going to keep all that stuff keep all the things that are integral to the story and then just cut out all the crap you don't really need oh. which will streamline that game a hell of a lot cuz the expansions are pretty long like i've been playing i think now i mean in- I'm almost at the end of Heaven's Ward, which is the second expansion. And the storytelling in it is really cool. It's a really cool story that I'm like, oh, I can see why people really like this. Like, if Shadowbringer's better than this, I can see why this would be up there. But it's also, like... I think, obviously, like, in games like Final Fantasy and games like Chrono Trigger and stuff where characters do die... Mm yes mm-hmm. those deaths are earned to a certain respect because you've played the game for 20 hours but I've mm. probably played this game now for about I don't know about 80-90 hours so like a character death is really profound yeah. in the way it would be in a series because yeah. you're like oh fuck they killed this character and like mm. it, it's really because you've been with yeah, them longer exactly. yeah. Yeah. and like they may only be a quest giver they may not be like you haven't got a party as such because obviously that's made up of m m o players, but there' in a lot of cutscenes. you talk to them, they give you quests you they sometimes assist you in quests and stuff, so like hmm. character death actually feels earned in a really meaningful way you honestly, I think hmm. it's a really good game. I'm really excited to finish off heaven's Wood. I hear um Stormblood, which is the the second expansion isn't that great which is kind of making me go hmm do i do i play through I it or think, do i not
0: but do they all add about the same amount of gameplay to the
1: no you know, so, so
0: so this is so many more hours more or, so A
1: realm reborn is really long um sh- heavens wood, i would say is about half the length of that from what i've played of it they do yeah. also have like patches obviously like if you played this game at launch obviously they update and refresh things and introduce new stuff So there are patches in between the main expansions as well. But uh, Mm -hmm. all in all, so far, I really, really enjoy it. You can try this game for free. And if you were curious... And what are
0: you trying for free, then? You're just trying the first part of it? I think you can get up to level 30. Realm Reborn. Yeah, and it's a 30-day free trial
1: of a Realm Reborn. Um, Yeah. But generally speaking, I think it'll scratch that itch, the combat system is kind of somewhere in between final fantasy 13 and final fantasy 15 um okay. it it has hot bars the same way you do in an mmo like so you will have your spells and they will have cooldowns and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. but generally speaking like this is the first game in the mmo genre i've played because i played wow a hell of a lot as long time. this as this podcast will know where i don't feel like i'm chasing gear i want to actually know the story which is yeah yeah interesting
0: which is not what you always expect from a mmo is it no. story and to be honest you, and this has a particularly good story yeah it
1: also means that there's a an end point you know like i will play through this game mm. and i will get to a point where i'm like okay cool i'm at the end of it now and then i will probably stop until they release a new patch and then much like i can see a lot of other people do and i'll resubscribe play through that patch yeah. and then stop again but that's so great Every,
0: every so you pay your subscription yes. to be able to have a character in that yes. world and play the game but then every expansion that's a, another cost yes on top. it
1: is, however you okay. can buy into the entire thing now so you can buy Around Reborn Heavensward, like a Shadowblood pass. and Shadowbringer uh, Stormblood and Shadowbringer for about 30 quid you can buy the disc so you can buy all of that content for like 30 quid which to be honest with you, yes there is a subscription but like that's probably like three, four hundred hours of game for thirty quid. And what?
0: So, was what was the subscription cost? The subscription cost
1: is ten euro, I think, a month. Yeah. Or you can you mm-hmm. can pay more to have more characters and stuff. But I'm like, I don't, the ne- I don't need play. more than one character because I'm never gonna invest that time. It's also got a really unique thing where. In most MMOs, obviously, if you ever played World of Warcraft, you will go, cool, I'm a warrior, or cool, I'm a death knight, mm. or cool, I'm a paladin, mm-hmm. and you will need alternate characters to do those. Yeah. The cool thing about Final Fantasy XIV is you can do everything. You can literally, you can just respec, And so you mm. can have a black mage, which is what I'm playing, but you can also be a paladin, or you can be a warrior, or you can be a healer. It just means yeah. you need to invest time to level up that one character and you can also yeah. learn all of the tradecrafts like a... so is that like the job system is that could you yeah, that yeah it, it is actually it yeah. is very much the job system like yeah. it, you even have like job crystals and stuff the same way you would in older yeah. games and i think so you can sorry yeah well, that's what i'm saying it just takes all the best bits of old final Fantasy games and re. if you wanted them.
0: to be a mage would you look like that like, the black mage character yeah you do okay Right. pointy hats yeah.
1: and uh, yes. uh, collars all the way up past your nose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Yeah, it's it's good. But it sounds good. It sounds good, yeah. So... It's it's good, especially when like a lot of my friends have played it for ages, and so it's nice to be able to have a game that doesn't actually require too much thought, and you can just chat over, and then you can just be like, shh, watching a cutscene.
0: So if you listen to this podcast and you want to play uh, Final Fantasy with Matt Boyle...
1: Yeah. um, Then you
0: could possibly do that. Yeah. Hit me up over Twitter.
1: I'm on uh, the EU server Phoenix. Okay,
0: there we go. You heard it here first. Matt Boyle's on Phoenix, Final Fantasy 14. 14. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Excellent. Good. You've been playing anything else, Tom Parry?
0: Anything else? I was going to mention something, and then it totally um, went out of my mind. Okay. So I'll just say um, well, maybe we'll finish this off with a little bit of talk about the recent news on the PS5 and Xbox Series X.
1: Yeah, perhaps. we can do.
0: Um, there's some tech specs that are out there now and they kind of say that the Xbox is technically the most powerful console yet the PS5 is going to uh, load faster because it has a different sort of hard drive. Yeah,
1: solid state I think hard this drive. Is what, what,
0: what my, my basic understanding of it is it's going to load faster. And I think if we want to see any sort of improvements in uh, gaming, uh, console gaming, I think the things not having to load is yeah. more important than obviously the uh, the processor or perhaps uh, the, the fidelity of the graphics
1: at this right. point. Right. So there's there's two things to bear in mind with this, right? Like, yes, the tech specs have come out. You can go to Digital Foundry. They have cool breakdown mm-hmm. videos. They had hands on with yeah. the the xbox one x and they couldn't with the ps5 because obviously coronavirus happened but they they have a a breakdown of all tech anyway Mm. essentially speaking like as you say the xbox is the more powerful console on paper on paper but because of the way they've built the ps5 you could theoretically get much cooler experiences out of that console But, and this is the caveat here to both of these consoles, the Xbox One X will apparently support Xbox One games at launch, which generally means that developers probably won't be able to take advantage of the Xbox One X for a couple of years, if not like one or two. Mm -hmm. But also, you've got to bear in mind that, yes, you can do all of this cool stuff with the PS5. However... Nine times out of ten, most people who are third-party developers are also going to be developing for the Xbox and probably won't take advantage of that stuff
0: anyway. Yes, yeah, so you're not going to see that for a little while. So
1: I think so. Yeah. All that
0: power, extra power that the Xbox might have, will not be uh, utilized until further down the line. Well,
1: I mean, you could imagine you that it kind of makes them a bit more even than it would seem, right? Because if you've got yeah, that extra yes, power yeah. in the Xbox, you could load games faster. Yes, they won't load as fast as a solid state drive that you have in the PS Four but you can use processing power to do stuff like
0: yeah, that. Yeah, I think they say it's like a custom solid-state drive. I don't know if they both actually have solid-state drives, but the PS5 uh, is uh, a certain is geared up a certain way that enables it to load faster than the Xbox. In terms, of, I heard some quotes saying uh, games, they're going to have to slow down the loading time of games because it's too fast at the minute. It lo- will load too fast is what I read. Well, I, I mean,
1: their, their whole thing of, like, saying, hey, we can essentially, like, we can load on you turning seemed crazy to me. Because how many times have you played a game where, like, a wall would suddenly, like, clip out or whatever mm. or mm-hmm. textures wouldn't load in in Gears of War and you'd be stuck in looking at really yeah. a muddy environment right, anyway yeah. that was, like, extra glossy muddy because there was nothing on yeah, it. Yeah, as
0: it just takes that extra bit of time to load everything up, yeah.
1: I mean, it could be really cool. I'm very...
0: I think that's, for me, that's it. That's what I want out of the next generation of gaming. I'm I'm fairly happy with the current gen, apart from the fact that occasionally low times can be crippling to the overall experience. Yeah. And to have that instant load would just make a lot of games a lot more appealing and playable to me.
1: I need to see what the games lineups are because obviously mm. Microsoft has purchased a lot of studios in the last couple of months. If there are any very, if there are any exclusives from them, I would be curious to see that because at the moment, like, I will probably just buy the PS Five unless unless there is anything completely shockingly revolutionary about yeah. the Xbox One X, my money's on. I
0: mean, a lot of people are citing the fact that it's backwards compatible with more games than the PS Five. Yeah, be that's as, a... Uh, a major selling point for the Series X. However, for me. It's not. I I do have those older consoles and uh, I've been gearing myself up to be able to use them in in my current setup for quite some time. Of course, it's nice to only have to have one console plugged in and I I definitely appreciate that. Mm. But yeah, if I want to play those games i can play them on the original hardware i don't know man i'm a bit fucked I off suppose. about the
1: whole backwards compatibility thing like sony were out there
0: it would be a nice thing to have but for me it's not a, a deal breaker it doesn't i want faster load times over that backwards compatibility i
1: just want to be able to play like the 100 well 200 plus games i own for that console like i don't care because like i'll be honest with you like I've ne- I've never touched my Wii U since moving into this house, so I almost lived here for two years because it's not set up. I don't want to have to set up a PS4 alongside a PS5 to do this. It frustrates me. They are built on the same architecture yeah. now. Like, they are PCs, essentially. They should just be able to do this. Well...
0: Have they said at least the PS4 compatibility is They have said that games. they
1: will slowly start to do it based on demand, which was the same with how yeah. Microsoft was rolling stuff out. But Microsoft has said, Xbox One games will play on this fucking console.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a nice thing. Um, it should I happen, think though. Tom,
1: the, the, honestly, like, the there's no reason why they can't. It's not a thing of anymore of like them needing to put in like a custom chip like they did in the PS2. It's not a thing Mm. of them saying, "Okay, we need to do." Does a
0: complication lie within older games?
1: Potentially, I mean, some games might not have servers, in which case that's fine; they they don't go online. There may be some cases, I guess, where things will load too fast and then it'll break something in the game. But it's just like you should give people the option mm. to play it much like they did with the ps2 games with the the ps3 and say okay this game doesn't work and then it's up to the developer to patch it but i believe mm-hmm. in the day and age mm-hmm. we're in some developers would like if the if the studios are still around because it gets them good favor yeah and i mean you've seen True. how like people review bomb stuff and whatever now. I mean, like, God, Sega remade the entire Sonic the Hedgehog movie with that new Sonic based on, like, fan demand. So if Mm. people launched, I don't know, whatever it is, um, I'll pull a game off the top of my head, say Yakuza launches, and Kawami 1 works great, but there's something in Kawami 2. Potentially speaking, like, someone could go and fix that. Like if enough people complain to Sega about it, if it's it. possible, yeah, and
0: you know, worth the effort, yeah. You
1: know, like first party stuff, especially like imagine that, um, God, what's he called? Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Game where you're a superhero, Infamous Second Son comes out, yeah, and that doesn't yeah. work. Then I would imagine that Sucker Punch would go in and fix that, like.
0: Hmm. But give well, me the, the worst option. thing is you wouldn't want to have to but. Sorry, you wouldn't have to buy these games again, would you? No, fuck
1: that. Like, that, 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 that is... That, that, I'm that, never doing ridiculous. that again. Like, I'm at that point where right? yeah. Unless it's a retro game that has been remastered and is very yeah. difficult to play.
0: I hope that Sony don't go down that route and take these games, because they're not compatible now with PS5, and say, release Horizon Zero Dawn again, deluxe edition. You can fuck right um, off. I will
1: not purchase it.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's going to anger a lot of people. And I, I'm, I'm in that camp already. I haven't rebought Mario Kart. 7? No, me not. Me neither. 8, Eight. Eight, Eight Is yeah. it? Eight. Sorry, on 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 the Switch because you know I invested a lot of time and money into the Wii U, and I wasn't going to rebuy every single Wii U game I bought on the Switch. No, because
1: and they don't even have yeah, the. I was they, had them. Right, so Nintendo has the argument right that not a lot of people bought the Wii U, therefore mm. it makes sense. Yeah, it's from good a business that those respect, games are available
0: right? to people who didn't play them.
1: But the PS4 was the biggest selling console yeah. of this generation arguably yeah. one of the biggest yeah. selling most consoles people of all have time had the
0: opportunity to play those games
1: exactly yeah. and most people already own those games give them yeah. the ability to play them but there's also just like obscure yeah. stuff like i've bought things like visual novels and things they are probably like if they've got a like a hierarchy of needs of like what they going to l- make sure runs on a ps5 that stuff's yeah. not up there do you think any of the things that like limited run and release in are going to Fucking play on a PS5 like these really obscure indie titles unless the indie developer goes and does the work themselves yeah. like ain't gonna yeah. happen.
0: Well, it depends on your setup. You you could potentially have two consoles plugged into your TV. Y- well, I, I assume most people might have a, a Switch and one exactly. of the big main consoles. So you might end up with three things plugged in, which
1: isn't inconceivable. I don't have space in my setup for another console though. That's the issue. Like no. my setup. Well, is right now setup. I
0: don't. I I have but I have like a lot of consoles (laughs) it's it's how many plug sockets you've got as well yeah
1: i but i
0: because not only consoles have you got plugged into your tv but you may have uh all around your tv you may have some audio equipment you may have some like a blu-ray player 3d blu-ray or whatever um i know if you've got ps4 you've got that anyway but yeah but it's like i just even a ps3 play 3d blu-ray yeah you might have a 4K player or something like that.
1: Exactly. I mean, there are... Well, I mean, unless you have a PS4 Pro.
0: Oh, yeah, but then I guess all the new consoles will be sort of like 8K, and then to get the most out no, of that, you might need uh, an 8K TV. I doubt they'll TV be 8K.
1: Or... Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, 8K is just a fucking fallacy at this point. Yeah, right?
0: yeah. T- to be honest, you know, right now, there isn't, for me, at least a big enough difference between regular 1080p hd and
1: 4k so i think 4k on a really good 4k tv looks different but like not well, not fr- not the leap from like blu-ray to vhs different so
0: no no it isn't it but yeah when you get into 8k you're thinking well what possibly could you be doing there but i mean like
1: them launching 8k appealing. at the moment it's like remember when people were like launching like sky sports hd and it's like these televisions cost like 10,000 quid like no one's buying a HD yeah. at the moment. Yes, the market will change and these things have become more popular but like no one's filming in 8K at the moment. Like no one's thinking that far ahead because everyone's still trying to like cope with 4K because no one's doing that. Like
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to take that stance on it, but the future-proof in these consoles, I guess, have these ones to be around for as long as uh, possible. The yeah. The current Generation have been also been around because that's been quite a, a long while,
1: yeah, yeah, it has. I mean, six years, yeah,
0: well, well probably a bit longer going in seven, six. yeah, yeah. But interesting times ahead, and we, we would expect to possibly, if the uh coronavirus hasn't affected the
1: production, it hasn't at so the far. moment, they've said so
0: it hasn't. No,
1: well, I mean, to be honest with you,
0: no, based... Sony still on Target. To get it out for Christmas, and is that the same with Microsoft? I they don't Xbox know.
1: Eventually? I've only seen a statement from Sony, yeah. but I assume it's the same like yeah. consoles aren't produced that much in advance because obviously they don't want them leaking. So it's why no, launch no. quantities yeah, are I limited. I expect
0: that they'll come out, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, we we'll look forward to seeing what the PS5 looks like. We've seen what the Xbox, um Series X looks like, and it's pretty nice, I'd say. The little PC tower uh, monolith I, thing. I, I it's don't right. feel it. It looks like a um, soundbar. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, though, like if I end up... like, If what happens with the, the Xbox One X happens with the PS5, if Sony do the PS3 again, where they're like, haha, we're top of the world again, and they make something that developers can't program for or uh, is completely insane in price. Like, if it's 600 quid, I'm not buying one at launch. Like. Oh, no, I, I never buy one at launch. But Then it's yeah. just like, well, let's see, because maybe then an Xbox One X will make sense, because at least I can stack it behind my TV. Like,
0: <laughs> Maybe, unless the PS5 is really sexy. One thing I miss about high-end um Equipment like that—is it, it be a console or audio equipment? Is that—is that—is that look that high-end uh, equipment has? It has the uh, logo, maybe raised, maybe shiny silver, like a badge, like a car might have a have a badge which uh, denotes some sort of status. Yeah. Um, whereas nowadays consoles sort of very flat. You don't have these sort of raised badges coming out. You don't have that sort of look. I look at a lot of older technology, and it looks really nice. Yeah. For example, my my uh Toshiba VHS player and my my Pioneer laser disc and my Technics cassette deck you know and and they look look really nice well, it's i miss that it's all high end stuff but...
1: though, mate like with a console obviously you need yeah. a as big a launch base as you can like as big a, a, a base of like consumers as you can establish so like yes they will make them look as nice as they can but all of the money you spent on the inside that's all
0: i'm saying an old badge on it. Remember the PS2 had that lovely race uh, Sony You've badge? You've worked on, on in that. a
1: company. You understand that that badge is the difference between, like, two quid or, like, two quid of profit. Like, that's how it works. It's compromises, mm. Tom. Like, you understand yeah, this. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just missed the, the look of the older uh, of consoles.
1: Well, I mean... I guess
0: the PS3 was the last one to really look... The original 60-gig PS3... The kind of, I but know again, it's because it was
1: 600 quid. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a reason, Tom.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, there we go. Uh, maybe we'll leave it there. Yeah,
1: okie doke. <laughs> right, um... um Gosh, I haven't had to do this in a long time. This is interesting. Yeah, you
0: got to do the end spiel now, right. Matt. Go for um, it. If you've liked
1: you this podcast, if you've missed this and just been like, oh, Tom and Matt, I'm so glad you're back in our lives, you can do so in a variety of places, such as on Facebook at facebook.com, forward slash Tom and Matt Attack, on Twitter at TMA Cast. And you can listen to this podcast in a few places as well, like iTunes, where you can give us a cheeky rate and review to let us know that you are still listening on
0: Oh gosh, Stitcher. I've
1: forgotten it. Yeah, Stitcher and on also on BlastProcess dot com. Uh, yeah, I I think that's it. You can find Tom at TomParry11 on Twitter and me at Game Boyle. Um, that's good, Matt. Yeah. Tom, what have you been doing on the Blast Process YouTube channel? As of late, I've seen you've posted some videos. I'm. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I I regularly do controller reviews at the minute. I'm sort of upgrading all my controllers to work wirelessly, um, and we're going as far back as PS2 original Xbox. Uh, I've also done some reviews of the uh, RetroBit Sega controllers, the Mega Drive, and the Saturn. Uh, you can check those out there if you're curious about them. Especially, one, one I think will be of, of interest to a lot will be the Sega Surfwave wireless PS2 controller, Ooh, which love. is a bit of an oddity. Yeah. A bit of an obscure thing that you might want to see a video on, because there's not many out there on that. I mean, so.
1: I didn't know about it until you told me about it, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So...
0: It uh, works very well if you want a wireless controller for PS2, which I think you know yeah. all of us can appreciate. Yes. Then, uh it's a good one there.
1: Cool, I'll give it a look. Um, yeah, and I might if you if you want it, if you've listened to this podcast and like, yes, I need some of that in my life. I might start doing that Dragon Quest review. I don't know. Or maybe I'll do something like Picross or something just to ease me back in before I do Oh, it. ease yourself back yeah. in,
0: yeah. that would be a bit too dark. I can imagine you putting it off if it was... Uh, Dragon Quest, yeah, big, yeah. As big as that. Let's as see. Quest. I've, got maybe.
1: A, I've got a couple of uh, Game Boy Color games and stuff I've purchased over the last couple of months as well that I've been meaning to get into as well. So let's see. Maybe. And uh, Star
0: Wars Episode 1 Racer coming out on Switch. Yeah, boy. There you go. I mean, it's already out. I just wanted folder, to throw so. that in there.
1: Is it already out on the PS4?
0: Uh, no, that was Through Revenge.
1: Ah, okay.
0: That was the sequel. But the original uh, has been announced for the I uh, saw Switch, it's coming soon. Is,
1: uh, also, like, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. Not the best, on not Switch, the best yeah. one of those games. And it looks very dated. No. Yeah, it does
0: look very dated, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, it needs a lick of paint like the Panther Dragoon remake has. Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh, well, that's yeah. how it goes. Anyways, all right. uh, Tom Parry, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And...
0: Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've enjoyed this uh, so much, Matt. Great to chat again. I hope you've all uh, enjoyed listening exactly. to us ramble on for uh, one hour, 22 minutes.
1: No, that's fine. It's okay. I'm sure they have. If not, <laughs> we, they'll let us know. Cool. Uh, Tom Parry, what do we say to them at this point in the podcast?
0: Well, how, how can I forget? We say game on, Matt.
1: We bloody well do. Game on.